podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to the Foot Weekly Podcast. And so it begins. FIFA 19 has arrived and what a lineup it has brought with it. I'm joined by Andy, AJ3, Foot Economist and Foothead Luke to talk about how we've started FIFA 19. From rivals, gameplay tips to the great pace debate, pro player overreactions and the return of informed impressions and dynamite discards. I'm your host Ben and you're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week two of the Foot Weekly podcast. Don't worry, you haven't missed a week. Our episode numbering lines up with the team of the week and we'll be discussing team of the week two later in this week's podcast. We've got three very special guests. We've got two pretty much regulars in Luke Zimmerman. Hey Luke. Hey, how's it going? Very good. And Luke, for those who don't know, is um, Foothead's biggest, or maybe most visible cheese. Something like that. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, and we've also got the Foot Economist, who uh, you all probably know. A lot of followers on Twitter, a lot of trading tips, and a lot of memes. <laughs> Probably more memes and trading tips on Twitter, to be fair. And hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got Andy, who's, who's coming back after um, an appearance not so long ago. Um, so he obviously had an all right time. Andy, how have you been doing since the capture event? Good, mate. You can't get rid of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to start off by asking everyone is, you know, what have you been up to um, since starting... Playing, I guess starting FIFA 19 because I think we've all been playing it because we're on Xbox a fair bit. I don't know, Andy, you're probably on many consoles being the big YouTuber that you are. Yeah, um, I started it on EA Access, spent an absolute shite loads of FIFA points on there <laughs> to get like a stacked main, in inverted commas, like pay to win account to make like squabbler showdowns and different videos and all different stuff like that. And then the past couple of days since it properly dropped on PS4, just been grinding out my road to glory and currently in the process of designing my first actual proper team with my 50,000 mm. coins to go into a do my division rivals placements I'm looking forward to that oh that's exciting do you uh, well we might discuss this a bit later in the podcast but who, who's kind of your main man who you thinking could be the, the so the, the thing that I'm designing at the moment is my squad has got to be around the best striker on FIFA which is of course Diego Costa <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> is it really? Like, okay, not not the, the best, but like when we're speaking like value for money wise, sweaty wise, oh, yeah, know, yeah, awesome, yeah, okay, balancey sort of thing. Actually, a decent rating, but doesn't cost it. Do you know what? The I wild like that, I like sort that. of things. It's a good outside yeah, he's pick. Up there. He's like eighty-five rated, ten k. When you whack a hawk on him and get him on full chemistry, he's got like ninety-eight strength and ninety-nine aggression and like ninety-four shot power, and he's actually mad. You just, wow. just cross it in. Oh, that's pretty exciting. It's Look forward stuff. to hearing how he goes um so yeah jamie what have you been up to start of this fifa well surprise surprise i've been doing a heck of a lot of trading um, oh have you yeah. yeah i have yeah i mean if first started on the web app just your typical uh grinding kind of stuff uh, short flips with uh with players that are sort of it was more or less sniping on the web app the web app's kind of difficult for uh for, for trading, just because, you know, especially if it's before uh, EA Access. But then, of course, oddly enough, EA Access came out before the web app. I wasn't able to get on the uh, web, uh, 
on EA Access before the web app. But anyway, more recently, I've been doing um, trading with uh, silver players, and mainly silver players that are useful for the SBCs. So really, anything that is a you know a, a popular nation in a in a league that isn't uh, their home nation. So for example, French silver players in the Bundesliga. Um, it's really easy to pick up deals on them because people just have no idea how much they're worth, and then uh, you can list them up, and it's sort of like a lazy buyer listing method. Uh, so I've been, I've been making quite a few coins that way. Can we avoid putting this podcast out for about a week so I can go make a fortune on that? <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you put in FIFA points like at the start or? Usually I don't. In previous years I don't. Um, I I mm. only done like twenty 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 dollars worth of FIFA points, um, and I, I just did the same thing this year. And I should said that that sounds weird saying that I don't <laughs> use FIFA points, but I only put twenty dollars in. I, I guess it's relative yeah. to some of the people that put you know uh, a, a sizable amount of, of money into it. So no, I, I, I did start again this year at twenty dollars. If you compare that to what most people putting in, that is quite minimal. I guess it just gives you a bit of a start, you know, getting some liquid right yeah coins yeah, it's yeah a little bit exactly. of a. You know, sort of quality of life kind of thing for for a trader like myself. <laughs> yeah, and uh, next we got like top top one hundred player in score battles, Luke Zimmerman. Um, uh, am I? <laughs> Is that that's news to me? Apparently, no. Uh, yeah, I actually I haven't really gotten into the score battles too terribly much. Um, what I did so far was I. Uh, I'm kind of, I didn't have a pre-order on Xbox, which is what I'm primary on. I have it on every console I have to for Fudhead, but, um, I, for whatever reason, procrastinated pre-ordering. So I couldn't do the so-called EA access glitch. Um, so it made me really anxious about my time. Um, but I did have, uh, Origin access premiere on PC. So I played, uh, I opened, I ripped a bunch of packs. Now this is all relative, right? Jamie's saying I only put 20 bucks. Well, I only put 60k FIFA points into my account. <laughs> and, you know, by comparison, when you talk to, you know, guys like Chewboy, Bateson, you know, these guys are putting in millions of FIFA points. And, uh, <laughs> I, I weirdly, although everyone says not to do it, uh, I, I, the first thing I did was just rip a ton of packs and, <laughs> got absolutely nothing so would not encourage premium gold packs as a, a means to grow your club um it was actually pretty interesting early like seeing some of the like no one even especially during access without the web app out no one knew how to price stuff so like you could buy a you could buy a tiago for eight thousand coins and five minutes later he'd be going for fourteen thousand. there was all kinds of like really weird short-term flips which i definitely did not do enough of but uh, i played about four or five hours you know ripping packs and uh, doing qualification and stuff like that qualification early was fun because no one had super teams so it was just a mix of like lone teams and like naive people just trying to use starter squads um i did i did really well i mean i you know i think what division five is that the highest you can place into or is Four, yeah, I can you? I got to four. It's four. Yeah, it's yeah, four or five four. wins. I think so. Um, I got yeah. four wins, one draw, and got bottom end of div four. And I've seen people get five wins and they got top end of div four. Yeah, I was four wins, one loss, and I got <laughs> div five. But um, either way, so I had like the possibly the toughest qualification that I could have imagined. Like I'd played foot draft a fair bit, and so I played some pretty good players. But like by far the best players I played were in those ranked ranking matches basically that i played i think i stupidly did those matches just before um like the full game released if you like as in yeah the, you could have the, smashed some kids if you just waited but exactly you like, yeah yeah if you wait another day I, I will i will definitely days. echo because i played across two consoles the pc and the xbox 
Um, the people that get in really early tend to be good, like veteran returning yeah. players. So I mean, yeah, access, I, uh, like, I played a couple a couple of foot drafts, and it just it just wasn't really worth it. Like the the players you're coming up against were just so good. Last um, week, I mean, obviously, if you're playing EA Access and you're playing it on like the Sunday or whatever of it's been out for four days, and you're obviously doing the the glitch, you're pretty committed to the. <laughs> to, yeah, to the I, I had like a a ten one and one or nine one and one record to start on Xbox, and I was just like a couple. I can't remember which night it was for Thursday or Friday of last week. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh fought rivals until i get a win and that did not happen for a very long time so <laughs> there's some sick players some sick teams um after i burned through my 10 hours uh i just kind of rode to glory on pc um i ironically and that maybe not ironically but this is more sad uh my playstation 4 pro i was talking to some of you guys i think at the capture event has like a fan problem so mm. i just send that in for service so i can't even start playstation that's going to be like a well, a super yeah. late road uh, to glory when that comes next only week, able to but... play fifa on two different devices i, I mean, know i need i don't have to switch struggle. yet um no but i also in non in non-foot news i speed ran the journey which is like a now two-year trend because uh we get the ratings from ea and stuff like that for the journey uh foot items but for whatever reason ea's like data poll that we have doesn't have their composure so i needed to get the you know you get three spoiler alert you get three unlockable um untradeable items from beating the journey so i needed to get their mm-hmm. composure rating so i speed ran that and god what a slodge like it honestly it messed up my uh my online gameplay because i was playing so much legendary against the ai that when I went back to online, like I was trying to advance the ball, like I was playing the computer, and it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's possibly explains why I struggled in rivals as well. But and, it, and it's funny as soon as I got into rivals, so I entered like low level division four, division five. I didn't lose until I was maybe two wins from getting into division three, which is a lot of games. Wow, wow. Um, a lot of games. Um, so it shows how so bad I was ranked. Unfortunate essentially and then after that i dropped down like quite a lot uh lost like five six games i think on the spin so um yeah uh, that's what i've been doing struggling in foot rivals which i mean division rivals is really good i have to say like it's great to be able to see your your like ranking compared with i guess the general population i would i would Um, like to be able to see kind of more like where my friends are at i think that's the one thing they're missing yeah yeah i'd like to see the ranking of the people who you play against as well afterwards so like i Played my first five qualification games. Won the first four. Absolutely smashed all like four pe- all of the people. Not to, like pick myself up. They were just terrible at FIFA. Um, <laughs> and then I'd like a really close game with the next guy. And Drew, I think he scored in like the 90th minute or something like that. Obviously, hashtag script and all of that rubbish. Nah, um, it was like, it gives you an actual number now, doesn't it? So he, was, he scored in like 91-34 or something like that. I can't remember anyway. But he deserved to get a draw. Like I wasn't any better than him at FIFA. Um, so I was like, okay, it's pretty decent. Got myself into the four. Went into a game, smashed some other guy, made them rage quit after 20 minutes of free hell. And I was like, oh my God, I am sick of FIFA. Um, and then played two more games and literally couldn't touch the ball. Like the people who like won five games and are in the top of Div Four that you're playing against are mental. Yeah. It's mm. impossible. Yeah. You say you want to yeah. know that, but then you find out that those guys that you couldn't get the ball from are just like trash noobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's all just handicapping scripted. Yeah, yeah. That's take no man. <laughs> so one thing that I think we should note just for people's information who are maybe starting the game, so um, rivals and actually those who've just been playing it for a little bit um, it, it, basically the way Rivals works is actually that um, the tick over point if you like for the new week starts I think is it Thursday morning is that correct um, and then that means that the rest of the week um, the rewards you're working towards are specific to whatever division you start that week in if that makes sense um, so essentially there are better rewards the higher division you're in but even if you go up into the next division 
you're not going to get those rewards until you've gone into it the following week and you've played for the rewards then. So essentially, it's quite clever because even if you reach the top tier by playing lots of games, you can still push to improve your uh, division, essentially, um, although you've already got the rewards. So like I'm well within the top tier of rewards, but... I can just in you explaining that I I look like that Zach Galifianakis meme where he's like doing the math in my head like (laughs) I I, I like the system a lot and I hated online seasons it felt so stale in FIFA 18 but it is like I wish this was I wish there was a pitch notes that just like put this into plain English because I I get what you're saying and I've done it so I know but it's still especially like I've seen all kinds of stuff on Twitter and Reddit where just people don't understand because it's it is kind of convoluted if you're new to it yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people who had no idea that the division rewards actually increased as you went up higher divisions because they didn't understand that you were locked into your reward sort of uh, tiers, if you will, based on your division that you entered the weekend. So there's these theory going around that the uh, like coin total rewards, for example, for division five was the same as division four. Mm. And there's just lots of like misinformation going. I around. see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is a good point that like you need to improve your division to be in with a chance of competing for the better rewards um and it, it, it makes sense like it works quite well i think um we're gonna have to see how it develops across the year because it could be pretty frustrating once you kind of start to reach that kind of would you say ceiling or like where you're kind of at in terms of skill right and it, it could be quite uh, disheartening i guess for people who are kind of just constantly losing a load of games constantly winning a load of games um which um it's gonna be kind of interesting yeah. to see how that affects people essentially there's there isn't exactly a casual mode for those guys. Exactly, to, that's uh, what I think. Yeah, to sort of go play it. I mean, there's foot draft. You could that was say, something but. I was thinking about because I uh, I remember seeing when this mode was announced. Some of the well, I am French is like a pretty prominent guy who every year he complains that the gameplay is is too um, tiered towards I guess competitive players. Right? He's like, I'm just a casual. Mm, right. I want silver tournaments to grind or whatever. I don't know why that's casual. I hate tournaments. Like tournaments are stressful as tournaments are <laughs> stressful as hell to me. Whereas like, you know, if I get smashed in foot champs, oh, okay, I played somebody good. Right. Um, but anyway, it's casual yeah. because he's actually good at FIFA and he can just go into them and smash. People yeah, I guess, I guess so. That's not what a casual player is. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my experience so far, and I don't know about you guys, but foot rivals is like, feels like weekend league during the week. Hmm. It's yeah, but it only feels yeah. like weekend league because you care about it, and it depends how much you actually care. That's true. But then everyone will balance into eventually, like a couple of months down the line, everyone's elo should be balanced so that you win fifty percent of the games and lose fifty percent of the games, and it's just based on whether you played better than your ability or the other person played better than your ability in that actual game. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think did. It might become an issue when it gets to that point, and people start getting annoyed by the fact that they can't win every single game because like I'm assuming that Iron French likes to go into the silver tournaments and say it's casual because he just comes up against kids with silver teams and he's got like some god squad silver squad of like all these crazy rare players that nobody knows about and he just smashes them and like oh yeah it's a casual game of FIFA while I win 6-0 but on the other side <laughs> of the screen is some guy losing 6-0 do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, not, it's not like a sustainable model is it because I someone's got to lose 6-0 <laughs> I, I saw... I saw a post on slash r slash FIFA, speaking of what you said, Andy, um, speaking of ELO, where the guy was like, look, I'm not good at FIFA. I haven't enjoyed online. I mostly play single player. But because of how well Rivals is as 
feeling out my ability level, like my games are actually fun and I can actually win as much as I lose. So I think it will be interesting to see, like, I think for those level of players, like guys that are more entry level to online competition, it's going to be a net positive. But I think on the opposite end, you're going to have some of these pro level players, maybe not even like top pros, but like, you know, top 100, top 150 guys who are getting more equal opponents. And they're going to be the ones that are saying, this game's broken. This is busted because they're not winning all their games. People who are like elite three, they're the ones that are going to get annoyed when they start. Instead of smashing 30 silver players every week to get Elite 3. Yeah, you're, you're already... Play over Elite 3 players, and then they're going to lose 50% of their games and wonder what the hell is going on. I went to almost every pro tournament last year hosted by EA, and guys that like I didn't see at any of those are the ones I'm seeing complain the most early. Oh, this game's broken. I can't believe EA did this. It's like, sorry you're not winning <laughs> 95% of your matches, dude. Like It's a, it's, a, it's week one. Like Yeah, the, the thing that annoys me the most is that... There is things that is wrong with this game. Like, we're all game changers. We can all see the massive amounts of feedback things that we've got, speaking to the EA devs and just constantly funneling them stuff to fix. Yeah, and yeah. Actually, can I just say around. something? Can I just, can I just stop? Because like, I wanted to actually point that out and just say because I feel like it's something we're going to mention across this year. Essentially, to make it simple as possible, it's just a, a direct line of communication from game changers, um, which we can all see for like bugs and things like that, issues in foot, um, which means we can have really direct feedback with the developers as well which is really good and it also means any feedback you give to us we can then pass on as well so it's a, a clever thing that you have set up if you want to call the game changers yes men you should definitely be aware that they are sending non-stop feedback more than anyone else in the space right now like everyone you know everyone yeah. that sees issues with too many side foot shots up close where it, you know they need to not be finesse and stuff like that those are all being reported by game changers like there's right now i think pretty uh, a pretty constant report of things that could be improved for future patches and things like that yeah the amount of times i've seen something and thought oh i should go like put that in the in the chat or whatever and, and it's already there like and people yeah, are I think really the devs must think i'm mental and i've got nothing better to do because i swear <laughs> i'm just on there replying to stuff every half an hour and putting stuff in there like I'm just like a proper nerd, basically. Like I like mm. to think I'm kind of cool and I can like play a bit of football and I'm reasonably fit and wherever. But realistically, I am got just cool a glasses as well. nerd. Got some cool glasses, you know, all that stuff. Like yeah, to think exactly. I'm not like a crazy social recluse or whatever. I'm actually just a normal <laughs> guy. But realistically, I am just a massive nerd and like just want to make FIFA really good. Yeah, um, make FIFA so great again. I'm, is actually happening. Exactly. So I'm putting like all of this <laughs> stuff into this chat. And then mm. all I get tweeted is just like that I'm licking EA's arse and saying the game's good. <laughs> and it's because people can't play it. The game is, there is fundamentally things wrong yeah. with this game. And like we said, we've got this massive list of, saying it massive is kind of mean to the devs. We've got this list of stuff that we're sending them over and people are always re- repeating themselves and stuff like that because some of the stuff's really annoying. But fundamentally, the game's quite good and the gameplay is actually a lot better than FIFA mm. 18. Yep. People are just bad at it. Like, I don't want to make a, uh, well, what's the uh, example of someone? But let's just say a very prominent professional FIFA player tweeted me today telling me that I'm wrong and that first touches are bad. And then I had to spend about half an hour explaining to him how to use the new first touch system because he didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, you guys, like, you guys, I am remember... awful at this game and I can do first touches. You're a professional FIFA player. How can, like you're obviously going to be able to do it once you actually know how to play the game and take some time to learn it. It's not bad, just it's just different. Do you know what I mean? I think the four of us were in a meeting with Sam and Concho, who are, for those of you who don't know, are like two of the lead gameplay producers for FIFA. And I said the exact same thing as that pro. I was like, first touches are broken. Like, I can't receive the ball. And they're like, no, no, you're doing it wrong. And they're like, oh. 
So I think like we all, when we have something happen to us, our instinct is to run and say like, this is broken. Sometimes it just might be taking a step back and figuring out, okay, well, wait, before I overreact, like, am, is it user error? Like, is there something different? Um, and if it's still, you know, if it's not just you, okay, yeah, then I think that can be something that's raised. And a lot of those bugs are getting raised. Uh, the side foot thing, I think, is the biggest I've seen across the board. Um, I, I've, I do find it funny. I just like, as we're talking about this, I see a tweet on Twitter. I want to see the improved... I want to see the efficiency of timed finishing improved. Well, you can improve the efficiency by getting better at timed finishing. So I think that, like, some feedback like that, yeah. like, <laughs> let's wait and see. Like, you want to say, okay, like, uh, corners are still too OP. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to hear that out. But if you're like, time finishing needs to be stronger, like, at the same time, you know, I saw another YouTuber earlier today saying that time finishing was too OP. So uh, I guess we'll just have I've to... I've seen loads of people say that they're just going to turn time finishing off. Like, I was talking to another pro. It was yep. like, yeah. yeah. I've turned it off it's pointless and I'm like dude why is it pointless (laughs) I've seen like I was watching Nepo's video and he was getting every single finish perfectly timed and he was scoring some mad goals and then I was like why don't you learn to do that and you'll be sick and he was like Oh yeah, if it if it turns out to be quite OP and everyone's doing it, then I'll learn it. And I was like, "That's not how you want to be the best FIFA player. You be the one that makes everyone else have to learn it because it's so good. Don't just sit." Can oh, you can you imagine like the Houston Rockets being like, "Yeah, we're not going to take three pointers like the Warriors. Like that's not for me." <laughs> I have no idea what I'm not, yeah. Like. <laughs> 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 See, sorry, I'm, I'm showing my American. Okay, can you imagine if? Uh, David Beckham is like, I'm not going to take free kicks. I need someone to show me that they're they're good. Yeah, first. yeah. I need right. someone else yeah, to be really good at free kicks. And then I might start them. taking them, but other than that, I'll just cross them in. so um, i think it'd be a good opportunity to just chat about the kind of gameplay overall. One thing I'd say, which is quite fun, and I enjoyed. Uh, for many sort of FIFA 12 kind of time is that finesse shots feel like they're kind of back um, a lot more finesses yes, go in yes. there's a lot more finesse shots around um, and timed ones are pretty effective um, I, some whispers that they might be a bit overpowered but uh, it's such early days I don't think you can say that for sure at the moment um, I, but actually I find myself and I'd be interested to hear both all, all your thoughts on this fin- uh, sort of overall I've been using a lot less modifiers on my shots and that seems to be working quite well so, like, just a normal shot when you go through on goal just seems quite effective. Early on, I was so scared that I was going to mess up timed finishes that I wound up doing that and getting into a habit. But as I've played better and better players, I find it doesn't always work as well, especially against, like, high keepers. If you get, like... Yeah, yeah. So if you get some tryhard dude that has, like, Courtois or De Gea or, like, Prime Yashin or something, like, those shots just get saved. So, um... I guess it depends on the stats on your player as well. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And, and the other thing that I was kind of interested to hear your thoughts on was how you've been finding 50-50s because Jamie and I discussed this in the gameplay podcast and actually I think Andy you were there as well when we were saying maybe 50-50s needed a bit of tuning Um, there are a few occasions where you sort of ended up through on goal because your player just inexplicably managed to hustle through another player and it felt a bit weird Um, but I have to say personally I haven't really felt it's been a huge problem Jamie I don't know what your thoughts are on this yeah, I mean, it's frustrating when it doesn't go your way, mm. but of anything, any mechanic is going to be frustrating when it doesn't go your way. I, I think, for the most part, it's most of the engagements have made sense to me. It's just those sort of niche, uh, you know, one-off examples where, uh, you know, you, you tackle a guy, he runs through, you tackle him again, he runs through, and it's and it's not just like a, a random player like Insigne running through you. It's a, you know, it's like a Diego Costa, like Andy's using, and he's, and he's running through you, and he runs through four of your guys, and then, you know, buries it mm. and that's that's frustrating it's a great video on twitter and people get all fired up about it but i don't think it's a it's a mechanic that's 
uh, it, it's broken. Maybe you know, I, I'm assuming they're they're constantly looking at it and looking to tweak it. Mm. Um, I have you know, just for my own sanity, I've gone back and like looked at some of the replays, and a lot of it has to do with how you go into the tackle. Uh, I've noticed that you sort of. Um, the higher risk tackles, I mean, this just makes sense for anyone that plays the game in real life, but the higher risk tackles are the ones where you're lunging further. It just leaves more space for you, basically, for the ball to get, like, rebounded through your legs or rebounded mm. around you. One, because you'll be off balance from the, from the lunge, or, and two, obviously, the, the more space that you leave between your legs. So, a lot of it I've found is that making my tackles uh, closer to the actual player, and, and so that body positioning becomes a factor of my, my defender as well. And if, if you do that and you manage that, I think it's, uh, the the mechanic makes sense and you can sort of mitigate your risk of uh, having the guys slip right through you yeah I totally agree and actually one of the things that I've noticed which when we chatted to Sam at the event who's a gameplay producer he was kind of saying biggest factor probably in 50-50s is strength but it sounded like he hadn't actually worked on that aspect of the game so he was kind of trying to think off the top of his head what which the factors were I have to say I've found it really noticeable how much reactions seem to affect that like one of my very small strikers Um, Alex Texera, who I might talk about later because he's phenomenal. He has, oh, he's a hero! Yeah. Oh my goodness! And and yeah. with good. with the right um, boost, he gets really good reactions. And the rest of my team just didn't have great reactions when I was playing with the kind of starter squad that I had. Um, and he was just constantly getting the ball back off these centre backs who just didn't know what I'd hit them. And the other players weren't, even though they were much stronger players in the team. Um, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Taliska, who's fairly strong, and, and people like that, big body types as well, um, and heavier. But he was managing to get it back constantly and i scored quite a few goals off that i think that is definitely something you want to look out for in your strikers reactions are important anyway so why not get a player who has really good reactions and also ronaldinho has his prime icon uh, which we use at that event and we're like wow he's like phenomenal at doing that he has really high reactions so i guess that does make sense i wish um, there was some kind of has got 85 <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's possible design wise because it might get too vis- too busy visually on the screen but if, if there was some sort of feedback to like show why a 50 50 went the way it did like this player wins you know sort of like almost like a magic the gathering is probably not the right example or like hearthstone or something but when you have like two ratings that determine an outcome like showing those ratings somehow visually would be cool like FIFA mobile actually well hardly a gameplay model for anyone to follow they do some stuff Mm. like that so um, i think that'd be pretty interesting if there was some way to give because i i saw i've seen complaints about this too where they're like uh, I just my, the offensive player wins it every single time. Well, maybe that's the case, but maybe that's because that offensive player is better at strength and better in reactions, right? Um, yep. But maybe if you have Sergio Ramos or like Diego Godin or somebody that's more comparable, maybe those are more truly fifty-fifty. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, think a lot right. of it comes down to just understanding and communication, doesn't it? So, like, the reason we want to be able to go into a replay and see what stats were all added up to see why something happened is just because we want to understand it better and if they could just hopefully we'll get a pitch notes on it and then everyone will understand it and everyone will stop moaning so much about it. I don't think I, to be honest it doesn't really bother me maybe it's I, a bit of a, there is a bit of a meta with yeah. Diego Costa which is why he's actually really good because <laughs> I, I haven't noticed it at all, personally. Sorry to stop go endlessly going on about Diego Costa. <laughs> I, uh, I also like. Have to put I, that in the pod title now. My most insane thing that I haven't seen, which I've seen a lot of complaints about corners being OP. I've I don't I think I've conceded one, and it was a regular header. It wasn't like a zany bicycle kick where you know, I've seen that over and over. Oh, every bicycle kick goes in. I I don't think I've conceded one. Mm. Uh, I've had quite right. a lot. Well, on that point, bicycle kicks are really powerful. Yeah. I've actually scored a lot of bicycle kicks, a lot yeah. of volleys, like more than more than I think is probably appropriate. I actually scored a <laughs> an inappropriate uh, level a scissor kick. 
Yeah, I, I, I scored a scissor kick uh, as Inzanzi was off balance with 55 volleys. And I just like hit it because I was just like, why not? I mean, this has been working for me. And the goalkeeper didn't even move. Like, it, like there's there's been a couple examples, and, and, and it's not just an isolated event at this point, where I think um, the volleys have been really overpowered. And I was actually thinking about it. I read an article. There might be... I mean, this is... I mean, strap on your tinfoil hats, ladies and gentlemen. But the I think there might be a reason... Um, why they have made the volley modifier so strong, and, and and it's just this one guy who did a review on it that sparked the idea that is it has does it have anything to do with the fact that Ronaldo and Bale scored those sort of iconic goals in the Champions League, mm. and now you know maybe that the demographic that are getting fired up for Champions League now are thinking you know they they're going in and they're they're trying to score the goals like Ronaldo. You know, does that have anything to do with that? For, or, so uh, well, for our listeners out there, since I'm somehow not conceding or scoring them what's is it l1 or what's the what's how do you do that volley goal like how are you doing them so easily oh it's like oh it's l2 um l2 lb left trigger left trigger um as you i mean quite i've noticed a few very sort of good players that i played actually trying to do it from corners because and and scoring like it seems like it's kind of a tactic that people are adopting because it's quite tricky to stop i guess because the player they play it into space kind of behind the player and then from a corner and then the player does this crazy bicycle which kind of goes over the top of the keeper it's quite a weird looking um thing which does happen but well, speaking it just, of that have regular... you guys used the r3 to adjust your keeper at all like maybe that's why i'm not conceding them as much yeah yeah i have actually yeah uh, the yeah. very first time i did it i was like i wonder how this works and it led me to get my goalkeeper out of position and concede like an easy tap in so i was a little <laughs> hesitant to do it but since then like i have i feel like i have saved a couple goals with it i don't know if it's as, as powerful as i hoped it would be but so, so when when you use uh it, when i when i think they're going for a near corner cheese mm. oh, okay yeah right, right, right. so not on you haven't really experimented with it in open mm, play uh, that would make me way too nervous so I've actually been doing it on yeah. one-on-ones um, a bit and have found it like fairly effective. You have to, I mean, like it's, you're going to mess it up, like definitely. But like, I just thought it was worth a go on score battles a bit um, last week. So what I tend to do is like edge the keeper out as if I'm going for the charge, and sometimes I'll just move them straight back. Works quite well. Um, and also moving them out just slightly to the left or whatever, you know, just to the one side, and then moving them back the other way just so that the player plays the shot to the direction you want them to uh, and then the keeper makes sometimes a fairly easy save um it's kind of tricky but because people are not particularly good at shooting um it's very effective i think <laughs> but, but uh on the other hand because people aren't very good at shooting it's almost not worth bothering <laughs> um at this stage um so it's a bit of a you know chicken egg situation but on the other hand i definitely like if you can afford to try it out at a stage where you're not playing that competitively if you like at the start not trying to get some serious awards straight away i'd definitely give it a go because i think it could give you an advantage um kind of needs more experimenting i think to to really understand it but yeah are there any other things that you've all found effective i know there's um a discussion andy was having on twitter i've got about one thing actually that's really oh, yeah. effective yep diego costa you actually have me there i was, I was not ready for that <laughs> I, was like, I, I have, I have a, I, 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 before Andy gets into his, I, I'm sure a, a full uh, review of Diego Costa. I do have another. It's not like I've got a hundred of them sat on my trade pile. I don't know right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just trying to juice up the price. Um, 
Um, and I, I might be too. I don't know. We could have talked pre-pod. <laughs> no, but the other um, effect, uh, sort of mechanic or stat or whatever you want to call it, that I think is really effective this year is dribbling stats as well as well as passing stats. Uh, sort of a combination of the two. Mm. I've found that um, players like Isco and Rakitic, uh, who have been trying out in my La Liga side. Um, have been phenomenal for me and have been essentially the you know, engine of my teams. I mean, you've got I've got the typical players like you know Malcolm and Morales and Muriel who are all making up that sort of quote unquote starter team. But I decided to splash on sort of one player in that team, and it was Isco. Um, and I, I really earlier tried out Rakitic, um, but Isco has been I mean seriously the best player that I've used all year. Um, I mean his his ability to dribble and I, it's one of those things I constantly say this is one of my. Uh, sort of buzzwords, but he's the kind of player that because of his dribbling, he can change direction mid-animation. Mm. I think that's just so, so effective to use with L, L1 dribbling. Um, and it also, I, another thing I noticed was that his through balls are just phenomenal. I mean, to the point where I almost think that like as we get towards the end of the year and we start to get players that have really, really high passing shots with team of the years and team of seasons, etc., that it's going to be sort of, it, it could get kind of silly. I mean, obviously the, the uh, stats that the defenders will catch up, um, but I mean, I, I can just turn and play through a ball over the top, and he, you know, places it in the perfect uh, position mm-hmm. almost every time, and it's really effective if you've got a wide formation. I've been using the four-four-one or the four-four-one-one, whatever it is, with the with the center forward. Yeah. And I've just had him on the center forward, and he's been sort of roaming around, um, and essentially all my play goes through him. It's been really effective. Mm, that's quite interesting, and uh, I mean, he is. I mean, we don't want to say that Sam was right. I, I picked him up in the gameplay producer interview and said, you know, you said last year that slower players would be more effective, but let's be honest, they weren't. Yeah. Um, and no, he sort of no. said, well, well, we, we're still working on it sort of thing. Um, and, and I was just going to say, you know, that could be. Before I forget this, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, he yeah. Was, um, Mr. Economist was just saying like, oh, passing's really effective, oh, dribbling's really effective. And then you were saying, oh, reactions is really effective. And I'm like, oh, strength's really effective. And we can say, oh, having good shooting's actually... Stats are actually <laughs> effective. Who would have thought that having high stats yeah. actually makes your players good? And it's not just about having pace. It's crazy. Sam was talking about that they were sort of focusing on this year creating player personality. I mean, they do that every year, but um, I think that's really sort of coming to its own this mm. year. Yeah, and I think on the um, whole kind of those other things being more effective, the nerf to um, pace... Uh, chemistry pace basically like you can't apart from on defenders with shadow really boost pace that much and I think in a lot of situations for certain players like it actually doesn't make sense to boost pace because other stats are quite important Um, when you can get like a plus five say for example um, on pace through a chem style like hawk like I'm not sure whether that's necessarily worth it you know plus five on both acceleration sprint speed when you can boost other stats by like a lot more um, with other chem styles so there is quite an interesting kind of potential shift in the game just because of that, actually. Yeah. How do you guys feel about pace? Because I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a video that's been doing the rounds that I think was originally posted on Twitter. Uh, I think I Am French picked it up that showed that the slowest player in the game really wasn't that much faster than the, the fastest player in the game, Mbappe, I think, uh, on, a, on a straight sprint. Uh, and it essentially showed them running down the entire entire length of the, uh, the pitch and that there wasn't that big of a difference between their finishing times. Um, I felt that, I mean, just it, before you guys catch me, I felt that per- personally in the midfield that pace hasn't really mattered, but I thought it's still relatively effective on the wings. And then there's like some sort of select players that I'll find have just been just burning me up. Like Mbappe, for example, has just been giving me... Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. deny that pace has been quote-unquote nerfed, but... 
at the same time, I, I think it's really worth noting that those videos are shot on like some of the lowest difficulties. So some of that stuff may be neutralized just by virtue of playing on those settings because there's no set. Like if you try to play it even on like professional and just take the ball down the length of the pitch like that, it's just not going to work. Like you're going to get dispossessed. So uh, I don't know that those are like very scientific or very revealing. I think like there is truth in it that pace is less important, but I agree with you that uh, I still feel like, you know, especially if you get through and it's like an Mbappe type guy or somebody with that level of speed at the end, like good luck. Right. Um, And I I do kind of prefer the way it is now, though it makes advancing the ball much more challenging than in years past. You can't just sweat every goal. (laughs) Well, I I, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I really like it. And I think one of the key things um, with this, like, I, I think there has been basically a narrowing of the like pace, differential between the like slowest and fastest players and uh, it seems like a good move whether that's deliberate or whether it's just come through the chemistry style thing and whether that was deliberate is a kind of another issue but it feels much better and actually the there is still clearly a benefit to having pace like if, if you go through on goal and the player is slower than you and you don't have the ball for example you will definitely get away from them if you do a heavy touch which i think is key this year much more so than last year um your player will accelerate away from from that player but as soon as you touch the ball which is something the gameplay producers have mentioned to us before as soon as you touch the ball you slow down quite considerably so a player can come back in but if you get that big heavy touch in then you should be accelerating away if you're quicker um and i think that's how it should be like if you i mean andy i know you you got quite into this so as you were saying you know in, in real life uh, a defender will catch up to a, a player with the ball unless they're really really quick yeah so there's a couple of things that i touch on with this the first one is that in that video that went viral or semi-viral, kind of like all over the FIFA community. He, he was 12 yards behind Mbappe after 80 yards, which is actually quite a lot, considering they're both professional yeah. athletes as well. Mm. Like, one pace, that guy didn't have one pace, but one pace doesn't mean like a granddad. It means as slow as you can be and be a professional athlete. Like, I can run 100 metres in 14 seconds. I used to be able to run in like 12 and a half, and I was just like some 16-year-old kid who played footy twice a week. Mbappe can probably do it in... 10 and a half, 11 if he's lucky. Like, there's absolutely no way he does it in 10 because there's only, like, 100 people ever who've done it in that. And mm. then that with a dude, he's not going to be slower than me, is he? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a professional footballer. Right. He's not going to be able to... He's not going to be running 100 metres in 20 seconds. He's not, yeah. like, morbidly obese or anything like that. So there's only ever really going to be a tiny little difference. It's I, an acceleration, I, which yeah. I've found is quite good. I was going to say, yeah, don't you think that's the key thing, yeah? Anytime I see anything yeah. where, like, someone is doing well, this is 80 yards, and you divide by this, they're going X miles per hour, I automatically just start, you know, <laughs> second-guessing that. On, yeah, I mean, like, come on. This is... the that's, that's FIFA's not... got six-minute halves. Space-time yeah. isn't the same as real life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But yeah, the other thing that I would say about it is that it's not unrealistic at the moment how it is. For example, I use an ex- uh, example of an article where it was actually EA tracking the pace as well. Phil Jagielka was the fastest player in the Premier League in FIFA 16. Now, this is obviously an old FIFA, but it's always pace has always been the same, hasn't it? Jagielka has got 60 pace, even though he's the fastest player in the Prem. And Martial has got 95, even though Jagielka is faster than... Now, it's not unreasonable for Phil Jagielka to catch Martial in real life, because as the stats have shown, Jagielka has run faster than Martial this year. But it's stupid on FIFA, and it's never worked like that because Jagielka's got 60 pace and Martial's got 95. Whereas now, Jags can catch Martial and everyone's like, this is ridiculous. He's got 60 pace and he's got 95 and he's running faster. And it's like, <laughs> it is fa- it's absolutely fine for Jagielka to catch Martial. Like, this stat- I know this is a couple of years ago, so you have to ignore the fact mm. that 
he's got a bit slower, but there'll be other examples in there. Like Dominic Calvert-Lewin is actually the fastest player in the Prem this year, and he's got 82 pace on FIFA. So if he was tracking back and going Martial, everyone would be like, he's got 95 and he's got 82. But yeah. it's realistic. The only stupid part of it is the numbers. Why does Jagielka have a 65 pace when he's the fastest player in the Prem? Why is there no centre-backs on this game with under with over 80 pace, basically, when the just as likely to be as fast as like Varane's absolutely rapid in real life why is there no yeah, centre yeah. mids with yeah, well, 95 pace but I, I honestly all don't the get that like, 95 pace apparently they, I, don't, I don't get it and uh, Luke I feel like because of their partnership with the Premier League they actually track stats yeah they um, have advanced metrics like EA has stuff for the Prem that no one else has like they help produce some of those metrics i think even so um i i had understood and this might be fifa 16 17 15 i can't remember when at some point positional speed was a thing although i have heard that it's not a thing now and yet the numbers still like you mentioned it's definitely confusing i don't as long as it feels balanced like the numbers are just the numbers right like if you take them in Mm, context of other center backs like clearly jagielka should still not be 60 right um and that's just ultimately on the ratings team but I think this year has struck a sweet spot. What's frustrating to me, and I think what will be interesting to see, like if you save this podcast, save this Foothead podcast post, wherever, bookmark it, come back in two or three months after like the first meaningful gameplay patch, maybe not even that long. Um, how is it going to still, is it still going to be the same? Is it going to be tweaked? Like I feel some, you know, and not that I'm trying to kowtow to EA or carry water for them or anything like that, but like, okay, pace is too much of a thing. People complain, oh, pace is just be all end all. It's the meta. Pace isn't enough of a thing. Oh, pace isn't enough of the meta. And then like the same thing for, uh, you know, we don't want to patch. Like you guys ruined FIFA 17 and FIFA 18 by putting a patch like the first month of the game, no patch. Then this whole last week, all I've seen is can't wait for the patch. And it's like, how how do they win? You know, <laughs> you can't keep moving the goalposts <laughs> yeah. that much. So yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, if any of you have any comments on uh, how you're finding the game so far, things like pace, things like uh, whether yeah, you need to patch the game, um, then uh, you can get in touch at footweeklypod or footweekly at mail.com. We're going to have a quick break now. Um, we're going to uh, be back with you in just a second. We'll be talking about the team of the week, which is a pretty exciting one, actually, as well as uh, our player picks from within that team of the week and uh, our player picks in terms of um, players we've enjoyed using so far. So we'll be back in just a second. I wonder who Andy's player pick is. Hey guys, it's Wayback HD here, and you're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. So one icon I've really enjoyed is Eusebio. Five-star weak foot, four-star skill moves, stats for days. He just glides around, has long shots. That's one thing I look for. He's got incredible composure, incredible finishing. And had five-star, five-star, but looks like he now has the five-star weak, four-star skill moves. But still, he's a beast. Hello, welcome back to the second part of the Foot Weekly Podcast. Should be slightly shorter than the first, but no less enjoyable, of course. Uh, Andy joins me as well. Um, he, and in fact, Andy and Luke were both saying that this team of the week looks quite trash. Well, um, I'm going to see whether I can change your mind. We've got uh, Insigne's position change, which looks really nice. Uh, 91 pace, 92 dribbling. Um, ben Yedder, who was obviously five-star, four-star. Um, you know, he's 
uh, French as well and in La Liga. Taliska is a beast. I don't need to say much about him. If you don't know who he is, then where have you been? And we've got Munier as well, who's almost her gang. Hernandez, an 84-rated centre-back, position change from left-back. Sorry, 84-rated and 84-pace and looks really, really good. Uh, kind of a partner to Varane, potentially. We've got Matip, who is kind of good. Um, Lever, who actually looks really quite solid as a, a holding CDM. I mean... Andy is an Everton fan. Could you ever have seen that card appearing? Uh, it's mad, isn't it? Tell from Liverpool fan when he left Liverpool that Lucas Leo was going to make a resurgence and they would have locked you up and thrown away the key. Yeah. And uh, one for you, Andy. Uh, Lala on the bench, who obviously gets a really good strong link with Poe, Dipsy and Tinky Winky. Um, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's um, about it. For interesting. Oh, and Musa is quite interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, that's just a bit of a summary. But I want to um, hear force you into each of you um, picking a player that you might want to use or you find quite interesting um, you can get into their in-game stats if you want as well um, I mean I'm happy to start off if people want to look into which one they have decided to pick Since I, am I don't the... know if you had that wrote down did you have the la la joke on a piece of paper ready to go uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> as the most uh, no pun intended lukewarm on this team of the week amongst the four of us uh, I-, I will lead by floating not my namesake but Lucas Hernandez is like the guy that jumps out to me with 84 pace, 84 defense. Yeah. Uh, he's only six feet tall or what, 182 centimeters, I guess. So, I mean, maybe if, if that's a problem on corners or something like that, uh, it could mm. be a thing. But he looks like, especially with that strong link to like Varon, if you have him, I think that would be a, a pretty tasty uh, little league of center back pairing so yeah he's um, got he's got 72 just, agility as I, well, I, I can't like. yeah Munier looks okay but he's is he still high high this year yeah he is so i i'm not like into any of these guys i i would try insigne I've, I've actually weirdly um because i got him for like discard i've been i played some with ryan frazier his uh like team one uh team of the week one in form mm. and he's like also really really small like insigne so he's kind of fun i mean i could see maybe insigne ban it but there's no way i would spend coins on that Okay, well, uh, damning indictment for this team of the week from Luke. Uh, let's move on to uh, for Economist. Who have you got your eye on in this team of the week? Yeah, I think it's only fair since I was uh, enamored with Taliska last year and mm. his, and his uh, various inform cards that I give him a shout. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be a positive endorsement. I, he, he looks like an amazing card. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, you know, some of the stats, I mean, right? You've got 85 shootings, so you can take advantage of those uh, those long shots with 89 yeah, curve, yeah. 91 long shots, 87 shot power. I mean, he's going to be fantastic for uh, for that in particular. Uh, four star, four star. So uh, he's 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 pretty capable there in, in the middle. Um, but you know, I've I've used his regular card, and maybe his inform is a significant boost. But I've used his regular card. I actually made a Brazilian team for myself to play with in division rivals, and he was really underwhelming. Um, unfortunately, something about uh, his combination of height and agility and balance, uh, which are I mean, his agility is fine. It's okay in the seventy. It's seventy eight, but his balance is pretty poor. Um, it, turning with him felt, I mean, it was really difficult. It was like turning an eighteen wheeler around. Um, and I just didn't find them to be that effective, unfortunately. Mm, and even, uh, I mean, if you could get him in the position for a long shot, he was really effective. And I found that he converted on most of them. But uh, unfortunately, I uh, I found that he also got caught behind the play a lot, which I don't know if it has something to do with his positioning, which uh, should be okay um, at 89, or, or if it has something to do with his work rates at high medium. I was using him in a center mid role in a uh, 4 4 uh, 3. 
um, or four three three rather. Mm. Um, he just he wasn't super effective for me. Maybe I was using him in a yeah. different position. I think he'd be more effective. As it's a- interesting because I, I used him um, and I think was not super impressed but I then put engine on him and found him really good so I don't know I think maybe just boosting that balance and agility as you were saying he did feel initially quite clunky but I think the inform is going to be really good Um, interesting to see what he costs obviously he's Chinese league but Brazilian Chinese league has had a fair bit of hype Hulk was extinct for a long time at 10k Um, so yeah I think that's all you're doing then Uh, possibly (laughs) (laughs) that that shot I slammed in against you (laughs) in that YouTube video (laughs) Um, but yeah in, in terms of this team of the week Jamie, overall, are there any players which you kind of think, oh, they could be underpriced and good investments? Or, I mean, I guess everyone is likely to rise in a way, but um, what are your thoughts on it overall? Yeah, I mean, underpriced and, and I mean, it's all it's all uh, difficult to track down right mm. now. But I think someone like Hernandez, it could be really interesting. And of course, he's going to be the one that everyone's looking at, right? So it's not, it's not like he's a secret. Mm. Um, but someone like uh, Munier could be interesting. Uh, just because of, the, I mean, he's got relatively strong potential for links in there with the Belgian nationality and maybe some of the uh, players that could be useful in Ligue 1. Um, I also think that uh, someone like Lucas Lieva is going to be undervalued. I, I actually used him in my Brazilian team, um, and you know, people he has sort of been off the map for a while. Um, he's uh, he's relatively high rated, so his his pack weight is going to be relatively low. Um, but I, I found that you know if if you're looking again, like going back to sort of what we were talking about earlier. I mean, you see the 69 pace and you think, no way. Um, but some of his other attributes actually made up for it. I thought he was really, really effective mm. when I was using him. So, you know, maybe someone like someone like him could be could be useful. Um, it's it's. I think I've, I've had actually a lot of questions about this kind of stuff where people are asking, is it time to start investing in uh, players based on rating uh, from their team of the week for SBCs? I think it's just a little bit early to do something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but if you are looking to you know, invest for potential um, you know, player of the month we have coming up. Um, you could look at some of the, uh, you know, someone like Matip, for example, if you can get him at a reasonable price, could be useful for uh, potential player of the month coming up. As well as, I mean, I don't know, unfortunately, uh, this is relatively out there already, so I don't feel too guilty about talking about it. There's a good chance we're going to get a player of the month for Bundesliga as well. Uh, mm. So looking at see some of the informs for uh, Bundesliga is probably a good idea. And, and what are your thoughts in terms of, um, you know, we've got player of the month this week probably. What what are your, I mean, people may have, have found this out by the time they're listening to the podcast, but in terms of the whole uh, one-to-watch thing, they're going to be out by the time the game comes out or when the game comes out properly. Will we get like an SBC this time? I, I don't think we got one last year, did we? Uh, at the beginning of the year last year, I don't think we did. No, not not one of the like the repeatable mm. ones where you could cash in and then get a guaranteed uh, one to watch item. Um, you know, it's an interesting question. I don't. I think it makes. I think it makes sense for EA not to do it again, mm. like not to have an SBC again, um, just because of all the sort of mayhem that that would cause at the start of the game. It's it's not something that you. I mean you don't want to not prepare for. I mean, you, if you really wanted to and you had a ton of coins like just laying around, for example, you could take a gamble and invest on some of the uh, indices that would be useful for something like mm-hmm. that if they repeated requirements from the, uh, years past um, when they did do one to watch SBC. But I don't think it's worth right now in terms of uh, you know r- value uh, or like return on investment kind of thing, ROI. I don't think that's what you want to be putting your coins into right now. There's mm-hmm. there's better short-term flips. So, you could be, so would you, you I mean, I think one of the things I was thinking is with the player of the month coming, I've got myself a few mm. kind of possible investments for that. But in terms of like right. investments, which aren't say, you know, Premier League or whatever around that, is it worth picking up like 82s and 83s now? Or should we be wait- waiting for like later weeks to do that? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Uh, 
yet. Uh, just because, I mean, when those SBCs are going to be coming out, there's going to be you know, massive, massive volumes of uh, packs being open as players just start getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna be, And there's going to be a uh, lot of like player to, to hoover up, isn't there as well? You know, you probably find that the player prices don't rise that much because there's just so many 82s and 83s out there. Um, they haven't been taken off the market, if you like, um, or off the game. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, and it, it, my last question uh, from a sort of trading, I guess it's sort of a trading perspective, but you guys, uh, Luke and Andy, can come in as well on this. Obviously, people might be getting their rivals rewards tomorrow, and if not, they'll be playing mm-hmm. rivals next week, and they'll be getting their rivals rewards yep. uh, the following Thursday. So they might want to think about this. Um, what would you? And in fact, they're probably already picked uh, by the time they're listening to this. But what are your thoughts on what kind of the, yeah. the what's, what's that, the meta choice? Because you, you've got packs, you've got untradeable packs, or you've got coins. But if everyone picks coins, then prices are just going to go through the roof, right? Through the roof, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to pick coins, and I think a lot of people are going to pick the untradeable, um, the untradeable uh, packs. Uh, one, the, you know, I think the more uh, I don't I don't want to say wise, but the more trader oriented uh, players, I think are going to pick the uh, coins because that's just like uh, you know, ammo, sort of like you need money to make money kind of thing. I I think personally, I, I sort of believe in my ability to take those coins and you know put it into something where mm-hmm. my ROI is going to be really strong. Um, whereas if you're not, you know, exactly confident in your ability to do so, um, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about, I've seen, uh, doing like road to glories where they're doing like only untradeable packs from their, uh, division rewards. I'm interested to see, you know, what, what you guys think, uh, are what people are going to do. Cause depending on what people choose, it's obviously going to affect, uh, yeah, you're going to put out a, a poll you know, or something, something to, to, to find out. That's actually a really good idea because I was, I was going to say, if people, for example, did a ton of those untradeable packs throughout the year, when it does come time for the SBCs, um, at least at the start of those SBCs, the ch- price changes for the specific indices that are affected by it, uh, you know, for example, an 83 or gold indice, is the, the, the price change is going to be delayed because so many people are going to have so many sort of stocked up players yeah, yeah. for their untradeable division rewards. Uh, that they're going to be putting into those SBCs rather than uh, going out into the market and buying them. So it's one of those things that I think it's it's going to be important to watch what what people do. Either way, um, you have just general macro market effect of divisions or of of rewards. I mean, you saw it with squad battles. As soon as people get infusions of cash or of coins, rather, prices go up. So uh, there's that short period where you know, let's say everyone opened up the tradable packs. There's a short period where you can get on, you can get some snipes, you can get some deals. Um, but you know, very very quickly after, prices tend to jump up, especially for the the sort of meta players and the mid-tier meta players right now mm. uh, that people are able to afford with those coin infusions. Yeah, Andy, what do you think what do you think you're going to do with with your rivals rewards? So, for me, the easiest way to look at it is for, I mean div 4. If I'd have played on my main account, I probably could have got to like rank 1 isn't actually and it well it is an achievement, I suppose, but it's just about being in the top 15% and it's a really you've just got to be a FIFA nerd and play more than yeah, yeah. 85% of other people so it's not like super difficult to do going up to divisions is where the skill comes in but actually getting the rewards is just about playing like you get points for losing as well so getting rank 1 or rank 2 isn't unreasonable I don't personally think in whatever division that you're in for me in rank in division 4 rank 1 is 65,000 coins or the tradable option is a mega pack which I believe is a 35k pack and a rare players pack, which I believe is a, is that a 50k pack? Yeah, so that's 85k worth of packs tradable. However, if I offered you, if you had 65k coins in your account and they put them packs in the store with 20% off, would you go and spend them coins on them packs? 
obviously not. No. <laughs> so just take the coins. That, but at the same time, yeah. the gambler in me wants to take them and try mm-hmm. and pack something that's worth 100k. I was going to say it's I really interesting. I, my life, I am way too lazy. Give you better packs than normal packs. Let the record show. I, you know, Jamie knows this as well. I do have a degree in economics, but I am way too lazy to trade. So, uh, I give me the, give me the, <laughs> give me them all the untradeable packs. Like, <laughs> I will, I will roll the dice and just hope I get something dope. And if I don't, then I'll just stick them into SBCs. Like I, two years ago, uh, I just hoarded crap, like in like situations. I mean, it wasn't obviously we didn't have player pack player pick packs then. There's your new uh, tongue twister for FIFA 19 player pick packs. Um, I uh, I just hoarded everything untradeable I could, and at the end of the game when they had like the Pirlo and stuff like that, it was just it was all a free ride. It didn't none of those cost me anything. I just had it all in my club. Um, also, they had those Tots SPCs that year, I think, and I did a bajillion of those because I just had so many untradeable players. So mm-hmm. um, there's you know if you can, yeah. there's there's some long term payoff, but it's it does hurt in the short term. I think like what Jamie and Andy were getting at is definitely like the prudent smart move is to try to like make money with your money as opposed to just getting the adrenaline rush, but gambling, you know, give me that. Uh, I, w- w- I think gorilla tweeted this like God awful 50 K pack where the reveal card was like an 82 non rare or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say is I want to very quickly before we lose time to do it, go and do my dynamite discard because Let's just say there's been a lot of uh, complaints about the lack of Dynamite Discard for a very long time. I think it's probably been over six months. So we're going to get straight into it. And I, I apologise because I've already sort of shouted him out in a previous podcast. So he's not as much of a dark horse as maybe some people would hope. And I mentioned him earlier. Um, but it is Alex Texera. I mean, I was looking for someone else, but Alex Texera is unbelievably good. I keep looking at his rating as a 79 and being like what like how how is he 79 rated because um his stats are ridiculous like marksman for me is also a phenomenal uh, chemistry start this year i don't know why that is but it just it like i think it's the increase of plus five on finishing so you now get plus 10 finishing so texera looks like he well his, his shooting look really good now 87 finishing 85 long shots 88 volleys uh 77 shot powers maybe the only slight disappointment um and then uh, 95 agility 86 ball control 85 dribbling 84 composure it's obviously pretty strong 87 reactions which i mentioned earlier and then he's actually I mean, he's not big at all, but he's four star, four star, and he's got seventy seven strength um, and and ninety two jumping, uh, as well as uh, eighty three stamina, which is you know more than enough. And his basic passing is eighty uh, short passing, so he's perfectly serviceable. You don't need to boost that. Um, and you know ninety three acceleration. He's a very quick player, as, as most people know. Uh, so yeah, he's just been stunning for me. And then Jamie, were you saying you used him as well? Yeah, I was going to say we hadn't spoke about this uh, player at all before the pod, but we came to the same conclusion like separately. He's been. Uh, fantastic for me in my Brazilian squad. And he was actually the one I played a guy who was quite a good player looking back on it. I couldn't re- quite replicate the final drubbing that he gave me, but um, he, uh, he he was using a Brazilian squad, his sort of main, he was using Texera as a cam um, and he was just tearing me apart. I mean, I, I couldn't, <laughs> like it was really frustrating. He was quite good though. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I picked him up. And uh, I actually linked them up. I had to sort of go along with a player that you could link with them. Felipe Anderson is quite expensive uh, after his move to West Ham, but um, has been the, the two of them have been fantastic for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, he was a bit of a bane against me, actually. He scored some pretty good goals. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the Brazilian team, those two players are, are really good starting points, as well as Malcolm, who is a little bit outshown, oh, outshown? Uh, outshown uh, by Tixera and Felipe Anderson, but is also a, a worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, member of that trio that you could build up top. He's a dynamite discard, a player that's really good for discard value. Exactly, yeah. You got it. What you want to do, right? Get yourself an inform, discard it, and spend the 10k on Diego Costa. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to link that back. 
yeah, I, I, was, I was i was like how's he gonna get diego costa into this <laughs> he doesn't have an inform does he um yeah i mean actually the other thing we do is informed impressions so andy if you've got uh an inform uh player that you've used so far then feel free to to shout him out oh from team of the week one that i've already used yeah i have used would you just want the most incredibly obvious one? Lozano's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, that, that's really good. I like that, yeah. oh, he's an off-league, so you're allowed. I mean, it's Lozano. Yeah. That kind of, like, just stating the obvious, but he's yeah, still yeah, quite yeah. good on FIFA, four-star, four-star. Agile. Putting him into a squad mo- is the most annoying part. He doesn't really have particularly good, yeah. strong links. He's kind of lost Gu- That Guardado guy's yeah. pretty good. The centre yeah. from La Liga. He's quite solid. You can get a link to him with him. Mm, true, true. Um... Otherwise, yeah, tricky, isn't it? yeah I think that's why he's not that expensive because he is quite awkward to get into a team. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's good though. Yeah, Jamie, you got any any more business for us? On, uh, on this I actually do. Um, I so mm. I in one of my foot draft reward packs, um, I got Inform Alvaro Alvaro. Oh yeah, the Spanish guy. Yeah, yeah he's meant to be good. So actually, I think he is one really underpriced for for how good he is. Um, yeah, as I'm flipping through my transfer list of 500 of him, um, but I <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but I, no, I actually think he's solid. Uh, I've been using him in uh, my my Liga squad that I've sort of been complementing with my Brazilian squad, uh, and some of his stats mm. actually really stay out to me, and and I can feel them in game. Uh, and the one in particular is 92 aggression. Uh, I don't know what it is, but he is like vicious in in tackles. Um, nice. He actually mm. has. Uh, 11 yellow cards for me in 15 games, but um, he actually is, I, I find, really effective. Um, and I think, you know, he's got really good stats as well. I'm surprised he's 13K, I'll be honest. 76 pace, team mm. week one uh, with decent defending stats, medium high work rates, and he's he's six foot, which isn't ideal, but you know, like to be a little bit taller than that. Mm. But other than that, he's got pretty solid stats and 70 agility, 74 balance. I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Good work rates as well. He's got the high defensive, medium right, attacking. Right. So, yeah, looks really good. Cool. I think um, on those reviews, we're probably pretty much ready to wrap up. Um, it's been a great podcast. It's been a real blast. It's gone very quickly, actually. Um, but we'll be back next week for more podcast action. Um, so we just thank our, our guests this week. It's been amazing to have you. Luke Zimmerman, thanks for joining us from Foothead and dragging you away from your, your hard work playing the journey. <laughs> thanks so much for having me, as always. It's a pleasure. And Jamie, thank you again for your market insights. Very interesting indeed. Of course. Of course. And the other stuff, but you know, obviously not so good at that stuff. <laughs> Here's my um, and Andy, <laughs> thanks for joining us. It's been fantastic to have you again. It's been good. I look forward to selling all my Diego Costas. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got any really. He's just really good. I was even sitting there when he was talking about aggression. When he, I've literally, I have actually just uploaded a video saying Diego Costa is the best striker in the game. Oh, but okay. <laughs> when he was talking about aggression, being like, well, my man, my centre back in form's got 92 aggression, I was sitting there thinking, Diego Costa's got 93. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see them go up against each other in a, a grudge match. Um, maybe we can make that happen. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. And uh, thanks to you listeners as well for joining us. It's been great. And for your questions, which you sent in at footweeklypod, footweekly at mail.com. Uh, apologies, we didn't mention the names of the people who actually sent in the questions. And um, we have Mr. Neek on Twitter and Rob over email. So thank you very much for sending those in. Keep them coming. We really do enjoy them, even if they don't get a mention on the podcast. And of course, finally, please do subscribe. You can do that via your usual podcast platforms. You can also go to our pinned tweet on Twitter and find all the options there. So for me, you can also follow at for weekly ben it's a goodbye until the same time next week the
At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.